Ho ho ho, and thank you for visiting Discontinued on Display. We're so jolly that you have joined us. Please at this time know that we have a few small favors for you. Please remain with your guides at all times. Please refrain from eating or drinking even those cookies and milk while you're on the tour. And if you break these rules, you'll be on my naughty list. Ho 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 ho. into discontinued on display i did not know we had connections to the north pole to get santa to do our opening oh yeah i used to be i used to be a part-time elf oh part-time elf okay um i didn't know they had part-time elves yeah it was a seasonal position okay okay um so they they ramp it up like what september october yeah like think like disney store okay okay just for production okay i put all the heads on the dolls Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, my name is Matt, and uh, the former part-time elf, elf is Chris. Hi! And uh, so today we are continuing our... You know, we, we had so much fun with Christmas traditions. Oh, yes. Uh, that we decided to continue it on and do more, like, Christmas characters today. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, one of them I'm sure people have heard of, heard of, but the other one... I did not know about it until I started doing research. You didn't know about her? No, I did not. I thought you would have because she's pretty prominent in Epcot. Yeah, never. Nope. Should we? Should we? Do you want to start with the one people know or the one people don't know? Let's start with the one people know. Great. So we're talking just to give a little perspective, not just about characters, but we're talking about what does Santa look like in other cultures. We had a really good time doing the the holiday traditions in other cultures. But what does Santa look like in other cultures? And there's two that we wanted to focus on. There's a couple in different, like I believe in Asia, there's a monkey of some kind. Yeah, okay. Um, and I want to say there is a version of St. Nicholas that happens in January where he leaves like little treats in your shoes. But it's like the saint. It's like the Christian saint, St. Nicholas. And I can't I think remember. that's a Dutch thing. That's a Dutch thing. Um, I think. So we're focusing on, and one of these people does technically not do Christmas, uh, so, but we're going to start with uh, the one everyone knows, which is Krampus. Krampus, yes. Krampus. Krampus. We're, we're so Midwestern. We're going to talk Krampus. about Krampus now. <laughs> we're going to talk Krampus past the ranch. Yeah. Oh, are those tacos over there? <laughs> I are love the, are they, tacos. Are they your little horns? <laughs> <laughs> so yes, Krampus, who is uh, a European, I believe. Uh, yes, he's a more Western European, but prominently is German in Amsterdam. Yes, so he is um, kind of Santa's the the Yang to Santa's to Santa's Yin. Mm-hmm. Um, he is traveled around. What is it? Yin, Yin, Yin. I thought I thought it was Ying Yang. I think it's yin yang. Uh oh. Yeah, it's yin yang. 
Wow, I've been mishearing that for thousands of years. <laughs> uh, no, yin yang. Yin yang. Um, so uh, uh, the the legend goes that while Santa goes around and uh, gives out presents, the naughty kids don't just get a lump of coal; they get beaten with birch sticks, or you Take know, they to- could get kidnapped and you mm-hmm. know dragged off to be tortured. So essentially, Krampus, Santa's other half, um, in German and Amsterdam traditions, are going to they're going to travel together. They're not necessarily going on Christmas. They'll start a little before. They'll go together, arm in arm, skipping down the lane. They don't try and, to do it all in one night. No, and Saint instead, it's not Santa Claus. It, it's Saint Nicholas. It's the more tradition. Excuse me, more traditional Saint Nicholas going around with Krampus, who will do what Matt. They'll go door to door. They will knock on your door. Saint Saint Nicholas will give goods to the children who behave, and then Krampus, who has a Saint Nicholas look about him very minor has horns cloven hooves uh kind of like that half goat half man situation going on really sinister looking and as time has gone on he's really developed into this horror character where he's yeah. he's got fangs and i mean there's a lot of horror movies based off of the legend of krampus where krampus comes in and kills a whole family and eats them all uh because there are also legends where Krampus will eat naughty children yeah, as well. Absolutely. Um, but it varies. It varies by region. It varies by household. Traditionally, it's essentially you can do good and get gifts or do bad and get the crud kicked out of you um, by Krampus. I had to catch myself there. I almost You almost need to gobble me out again. <laughs> um, yeah. We've got some great synergy going with, my, with the gobbles because uh, uh, on the latest episode of Beers and Ears, I gobbled on air. And because uh, I referenced our gobble from a couple episodes ago, great. And I, I, I about killed Casey. Um, I, he almost died of laughter because. Can you I, do it? Go 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 go! What a sound! <laughs> I was expecting something a little bit more accurate. Go 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 go! It it, it varies. It varies. Um. So anyway, so Krampus. Uh, Krampus has developed over time into this really big he's he kind of dies away for a little bit and then picks back up in popularity um and there are also some legends that say he goes by himself the other big thing is for a while there were these this is this is old like back when krampus and saint nicholas were still a thing like two people would go door to door and carry this out like your kid back in the olden times could get an actual gift from a stranger or get hit with a birch stick by a stranger and then they would move on. How they knew to hit your kid or not, I have no clue. I I mean, that's crazy that that, that was okay at some point in human history. <laughs> um, He's kind of taken on this pop culture icon now. Absolutely. And it's again, it's based off the movies, but like there's runs. There's a Krampus run. I think that's in the United States. I believe the Krampus yeah. run is in Pennsylvania. Um, I might be wrong. That might be a German thing. It's it, there's runs all over. Like it, yeah, it's like Europe people dress like Krampus, and, and they run and they do the the creepy, the very creepy thing, um, which again I find genuinely fascinating. But again, it's a very to me that's a very European thing. Like when you think of like old German fairy tales, they all end very very not okay like i mean the original cinderella like the stepsisters get their eyes poked out and they get parts of their feet cut off or like 
um, in Snow White, not Snow White, and um, well, on the traditional Mermaid Little Mermaid, she actually dies. She yeah, turns she into sea foam. Um, what's the other one I'm thinking of? It's not Snow White. It's Little Red Riding Hood. There we go. Little Red Riding Hood. I mean, they kill the they they don't kill the wolf. They open the wolf, get them out, and then fill him with rocks and make him run away. And in Snow White, the evil queen has to dance until she dies. In yeah fiery iron magical shoes yeah it's there's like there's the the idea of the punishment is big in those like european fairy tales that Mm -hmm. that if we're punishing someone we're not just gonna kind of punish them we're gonna really punish them have you seen the american dad krampus episode no i haven't so the whole idea is that krampus is actually the good one and that he's punishing kids out of love because he wants them. Like, that's how Santa's the bad one. He just, like, gives kids gifts. And uh, so it's this, like, the kid Steve gets kidnapped by him. And it's a whole, like, Beauty and the Beast thing where he, like, comes to realize that Krampus is actually the one that cares about him, not Santa. And uh, they have, like, a blues singer be Krampus. And there's this whole song. It's it's really great. It's a really great episode. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's absolutely amazing. Yeah, because again, they do like um, they they you know hype it up with like the Krampus is the bad one. And he's gonna hit you with the birch sticks and he's gonna take you back to his castle and eat you. Mm-hmm. And I it, it it it's that episode cracks me up. But uh, yeah, and then I want to say pretty recently there was a horror movie with like Adam Scott. We talked you know talked oh, about yeah. the, the Adam Scott was in it and a couple other people. But yeah, there've been like, at least two Krampus movies. I think at least. Let's. Krampus movies. We have Krampus. Krampus, Krampus two. Movies. Yeah, I thought there was a second one. Oh my gosh, there's a lot of Krampus movies. Uh, Krampus: The Devil Returns. Krampus: The Reckoning. A Christmas well, horror story. Krampus here's the other Krampus important thing: is Krampus Unleashed? Krampus wasn't initially supposed to be like a devil figure. He was supposed to be, again, he was supposed to be the the off balance for Saint Nicholas, but. Catholicism kind of gets involved. I want to say it was Catholicism. It's one of the Christianities gets involved. And that's where they start going. We really need to ramp up that. This is not a good, like we want, this is someone we're fearing. This is, Oh no, I'm sorry. That's where it flips. It's when Catholicism comes around that they don't want Krampus to be acknowledged because he looks too much like the devil initially. Like they're like, I'm flipping in my head. They they're like, this isn't okay. We don't want people telling stories about him, looking out for him in the holidays. And so as Catholicism becomes this bigger organized and celebrated religion throughout Europe and Christianity, it might not be Catholicism, Christianity. The legend of Krampus and St. Nicholas goes away and then sees a resurgency. That's what it is. It's like, I know there was something that I'm missing in the story that's important. I'm now looking at all of the Krampus movies. There's a Mother Krampus and a Mother Krampus 2 sleigh ride. Hold on, Mother Krampus. This has to be a dirty thing. No, it's not dirty. It's just a female Krampus? Yeah, it's like female Krampus. So you do have you, did you see the thing about female Krampuses though? Like uh, Krampus, no, like by the time that like the 1950s rolls around, becomes this kind of like gag. And so they put Krampus on like holiday cards, like don't be bad kids. And then they start making them for their grownups. And a lot of the grownups cards will feature female Krampus who is more um, sexually depicted. Like she's Jessica Rabbit curvy. Oh. She's like looking cute. She's looking seductive. Like, ooh, don't be bad. Like 
and that's and that's like on a lot of like greeting cards like and they're very they're kind of like they're really cool looking like they're it's not like again it's that 1950s pinup look so it's not like today where like there would be like little like cloven hooves like and that's all the tiding her like she's in like a pinup outfit or like a cute little like short cocktail dress or something so instead of it being this evil character for adults in this like like what's the term not comedy store but like novelty store gift card you could see this i don't love this the sexy krampus yeah i don't love sexy krampus you're not necessarily supposed to love sexy krampus well good because i don't (laughs) i i i'm I'm not a big also i mean i don't know like i'm not a big horror guy like that's like horror movies are not my thing i don't like being scared Uh, like those are not things that i like to do so i mean Part of that is why Krampus doesn't really like excite me at all because I'm not into horror things. You just you just discovered something shocking by the look on your face. You need to spill the beans. No, no, I was just gonna say I don't mind horror. Fi- well, I don't mind horror films, but I don't like um, gory films. Gory films don't do it for me. Okay. Okay. So like, like, like Saw. No. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely not. Okay. Uh, yeah, there the the amount of like pictures out there of Krampus are really really funny. Like I I just love like there's one where it's like Krampus on this big long bushel of birch sticks, and there's just like a bunch of babies. Just one of them is it's like a line of babies, and the last one is butt naked, like on his tummy, like laying out, <laughs> and it's very funny. <laughs> What a visual. If I find it, I'll put it on our Instagram. Yeah, just but there's just so many like pictures of this like demon guy with a long tongue, like taking little boys in sailor outfits and putting them in a basket. And I, I just it, that feels suggestive. It's just very it's very funny. <laughs> um, well, also like old German like art for like their like bad fairy tales is a little comedic because of like how weird the style is. Well, and the point of fairy tales is you want them to be a little bit whimsical, even if you've got, you know, a demon that's stealing children and eating them. Th- you mm-hmm. want some whimsy with it. So, like, think Hansel and Gretel. Like, yeah, she's trying to cook and eat children, but her house is Which, made of candy. Yeah, she lives in such a cute little home. Yeah, um, look at her little home. What was I going to say? So, and then the other thing with, with Krampus we should talk about is w- what he becomes. Uh, because there is another legend out there that's actually a little bit more prominent, I believe, in German culture, but specifically American German culture, is Belschnickel. And any Office fans out there are going to go ape bananas because they're going to know what Belschnickel is. So Belschnickel is Krampus and St. Nicholas slammed together. So he kind of loses the horns. He loses the really severe devil look. But becomes, like, more St. Nicholas-looking, but still has that, like, I'll give you candy, but if you're bad, Belschnickel will hit you with the switch. Like, it's this... And obviously, so, like, Dwight is the character in The Office that explains what Belschnickel is. And when I first watched The Office, I thought it was fake. I was like, they just created a strange European-sounding thing for Dwight to throw out there, because that's what his character always does. And it's real. Um... Actually, like, so I've been listening to the Office Ladies podcast, who don't sponsor us, but should. And they talk early on that, like, at one point there's a, an episode where Dwight reads old German, I think it's it's Bring Your Kid to Work Day, and he reads old German stories to his uh, fellow colleagues' kids. 
And again, when I saw it, I thought they were all fake. They were all real. They found these real, oh. like the book he reads from is real. The whole kit and caboodle. Those are real stories. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So Belschnickel is this real like Father Christmas slash Punisher figure um, who's really popular. Again, really funny. And I, so I, I was doing some research into Krampus. And when I read the thing about Belschnickel becomes, I was like, oh, that's fascinating. So he is real. But then it goes on to say, that Belschnickel is actually really popular in Pennsylvania culture. And that's where the office takes place is in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Interesting. Which like, well, how fascinating it's because there's a a high German American population in. Yeah. Well, again, what a, it was just funny to me to think that that wasn't all made up and it was real. And it was really like, it was genuinely correct for the specific area they were doing. Again, absolutely fascinated by that. But Krampus eventually kind of becomes this lighter figure that's not like very broadly known, but Belschnickel. And I can't remember the little rhyme. I should have. Hold on. I'm going to find it. Uh, <laughs> Belschnickel rhyme the office. Because there's a rhyme that Dwight says. Um, oh, I don't want to go through all these quotes. That's not fair. Um, but yeah, you hadn't. You said you hadn't heard of the Belschnickel before, right? No, I have not. I, I mean, I, I know a little bit of, um, like the Office, but I, I never like got into it in, in the way that many people did. You didn't? No, like that. Just I don't know. Like it's, it's good. It's just not like the, like the in the clips of it. It's really, really good. It's not, it's not a bad show. It's not something that I I just that those that's not the type of show that I tend to pick up. Okay, here it is. Uh Oh no, it's no one fear Santa the Okay, uh Belschnickel is a crotchety fur-clad gift giver related to the companions of Sir, of St. Nicholas in the folklore in southwest Germany. But I know there's a rhyme. Uh so, no these are looking, I, I want to mention yes, please. that this whole idea of like a, a different kind of Santa has really taken off in the past like five years. Cause like, I'm sure you've seen ads for it. Um, there's a movie coming out with David Harbor playing Santa Claus called violent night. Oh yes. I've seen this trailer. Yeah. So where it's like, like a little girl is in her family is being held hostage by elite mercenaries and she calls Santa and Santa's like, I'm gonna, gonna, you know, take care of the situation. And then are you aware of the film where Mel Gibson plays a Santa figure called fat man? No. Hold on. Yeah. So, uh, it's, uh, he plays an unorthodox Santa Claus who must fight off an assassin sent by a vengeful naughty kid. And so I, well, like, I go, you know what I Googled? I Googled fat man. And you know what I got? I got a bunch of pictures of larger gentlemen. I mean, I'm not surprised, but, uh, yeah. Um, you can you can watch these weird Santa movies coming up here now. Um, wow. Oh God, this is I don't like these pictures. I'm I'm getting off this. I did find the rhyme. It's it's a lot shorter than I thought. It's cheer or fear, Belschnickel is here. And then he will say, I will judge you as like impish or good and like do something as a result, like hit you with a stick. Okay. <laughs> Anything else on um, Krampus before we move on? No, and I'm I'm really excited to move on to the next one, the one you don't know anything about, because I actually knew a little bit about her before we ju- before we did the research for this, and I didn't know yeah. her story as full. Go for so, it. So we did Germany, right? But then there's also 
Italy has a witch. They have the Christmas witch, La Bafana. Um, and I initially knew who La Bafana was because of Epcot. Because if you go to Disney during their Christmas season and they have Epcot and they show you how they celebrate the holiday season around the country, the country, around the globe, um, when you get to the Italian pavilion, they have La Bafana come out and tell her story. Um, I actually watched the entire, to prepare, I watched the entire La Bafana um, presentation where, you know, they go over how to say Merry Christmas in Italy, Buon Natale. Um, and I read a little bit about her and I watched some stuff. And then I had a, a coworker who I don't think she was from Italy, but I think her parents were off the boat Italian or Sicilian. And so like okay. I'd gone to her house once for, around Christmas and she like had a La Bafana. Um, so the legend of La Bafana in a nutshell, not a nutshell. I'm going to tell you, it's a podcast. That's what you came here for is La Bafana was at home. Um, the, 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 the bit with La Bafana I should preface is La Bafana comes at the epiphany, um, which is Matt, correct me if I'm wrong here. This is the day that the wise men find Mary and Jesus, yeah. correct? Epiphany is your essentially post Christmas, like in, in the church calendar year, epiphany is after Christmas. It's January 5th that I remember. And yeah. the epiphany is the day that the three wise men finally arrive at the manger in Bethlehem. Yeah, it's 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 definitely it's more like the the wise men are the are the center of epiphany. So La Bafana is a, a figure that does her goods on January fifth on the epiphany, and what she does is she comes in your home and she leaves little presents, very similar to Santa Claus. The reason being that so La Bafana was in her cottage and was sweeping outside of her cottage. And the three wise men happened upon her and were like, hi, yo, we're looking for Bethlehem and there's a language barrier. And she's like, I, what? And so they have to, with hand gestures, pointing to the star that the big star in the sky that everyone's like, go to the star, you'll find the, the baby Jesus. Um, she figures out that there is, to use the words of La Bafana from the Disney presentation, a small king to be born. Um, or the baby king. And um, so they finally communicate this to La Bafana. And she's like, sorry, no clue where this is. And they're like, well, come with us. Come come meet Jesus with us. And she's like, I'm a pass. I'm an old lady. I'm going to stay here in my hut. And they leave her. And she finishes what she's doing. And she's like, maybe I should have. I don't I gone to that. <laughs> maybe I should have gone. And then this like sh this like boy, this like shepherd boy is like, "Hey, Labafana, like why didn't you go? You're the you're the village witch. Like you should go meet the baby Jesus." And she's like, "You're right, but I can't go empty-handed." So she goes to her house and she looks for something and she finds an old doll and she's like, "I will bring this to the baby Jesus." And she stands outside and she grabs her broom because Labafana flies on a broom. Of course. And she looks up into the sky and the star is gone. She's missed her chance. And so La Bafana flies from home to home looking for baby Jesus, looking to be able to meet the newborn king and present him with a gift. And so what La Bafana does on the epiphany is she comes down your chimney and she looks at you and wonders, is this, is this the baby king? And then leaves you a gift just in case. <laughs> and then goes elsewhere and stirs her bases. It. just everyone's getting something so one of these people's gotta be the baby king 
Um, and that's the story of La Bufana. And the thing I can't get over is why the... Either the three wise men got real lost on their way to Bethlehem and ended up in Italy, or a, a, a random Italian woman who doesn't speak the local language is living in a cottage. Like, so first of all, there's there's a couple things with that. So it would have been wise men from the east is where they came from. Well, Italy, very famously, west of Bethlehem. <laughs> so... And I imagine a little south? Um, I, I actually don't know about South, but, uh, no, yeah, 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 a little bit South, now that I'm picturing like, the globe. And... Is Bethlehem an, a city still today? Is that, like, still, oh, like, yeah, if absolutely. I looked at a map? Where, yeah, you can visit where Bethlehem. Is Be- where is Bethlehem? Bethlehem is in, um, it's in Israel. If you have to Google this, you are not a very good youth pastor. You know, forgive me for not knowing where Bethlehem is. I don't have the power to forgive you. Jesus does. That's okay. Um, it is in Central West Bank, Palestine. Hmm. I don't think I ever really realized. Like, I should have, but I don't yeah. know. Because I, I think Bethlehem to me is so ingrained as... Yeah, it's like, so, I mean, if you imagine the country of Israel, it's like smack dab in the middle. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like Italy's a little Here's south. Thing about Bethlehem. Bethlehem's a nothing town. Like, like it's it's it, it would be the equivalent of, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to think around here. It'd be, the, it'd be the equivalent of Hebron around here. What the heck is Hebron? Okay. Oh, I'm I'm so happy you asked. That would it actually uh uh, uh supports my claim here. So Hebron is a town in northern Illinois, and uh, they won the 1952 state basketball championship. You might go, Matt, how do you know what high school won the state basketball championship in 1952? It's because when you drive through Hebron, Hebron, their water tower is a basketball that says home of the 1952 state champions. This is their like calling card as a town is that they won the 1952 high school state basketball championship. So when you drive through Bethlehem, is there a water tower with that shaped like baby Jesus that says home <laughs> of the birth of the Immaculate Conception? Uh, probably not because uh, uh, gonna go with there's there's a little turmoil in the in the country of Israel right now. I think my water tower idea would fix that. I mean, you know what? Call up the president. We've got an idea how to solve the Middle East. Hey, Joe Biden. Hey, Joe. Hey, Grandpa got an Joe. Idea. Water tower. Grandpa Joe, I've got a golden ticket for you. <laughs> um, why am uh, so... I not in charge of PR for the White House? Oh my goodness. So, um, so going back to the wise men, so they would have had to shoot past Bethlehem into Europe and then have to come back to Bethlehem. I'm just, I'm, I'm feeling like this is not the case. <laughs> I think like, I think the, the point of the story is that Labafana lived in Israel. Like, I think that's the thing. I mean, that would make more sense, but then but, like, like it's- she would speak what would what do they speak in Israel? Uh, Arabic, probably. Would it have been, I was gonna say, would it have been Greek, Hebrew back then? Uh, I mean, it would have been some Hebrew, but um, Aramaic was probably um, a lot of early transcriptions of the Bible are in Aramaic. Okay, so she would have had to speak that, which, according to the legend, she didn't speak the same languages as the three Whatever wise. Whatever language it was, she didn't speak it. And somehow spoke Italian. I, it, it it boggles my mind. It's the weirdest. It's a really cute story. Like, I like the concept of the story. 
I, I love I love that she's just like a covering her bases type person. It's like, okay, yeah. I have to present a gift to the baby Jesus. I don't know which baby and which kid is baby Jesus. So, ergo, I'm just going to give gifts to every single child in the world because then by the rule of, you know, just by the splattershot technique, I will have given a gift to baby Jesus. <laughs> I also like the difference in these, like, European traditions, like when you compare Labafana to Krampus or Belschnickel even. Like, Germans are going to punish the bejeebus out of you. The Italians are like, oh, did you do a bad thing? Oh, well. well Which I, I don't know. Because she doesn't care whether you're good or bad. She just She's nope. a very self-serving gift giver. Like She's I, just giving you a toy. It's only one toy, toy, though. She's only supposed to give you one. I mean, you know. Give her a break. Like... <laughs> She's she's trying to she's trying to get toys for everyone. For Jesus. So she can present one to baby Jesus. Um, I for one have studied the Bible a lot, considering my major in college and my mm-hmm. master's degree, um, which I'm clearly using now on this podcast about Krampus and Lava. It's good. It's coming out. <laughs> man, your good. your majors come out in weird ways, man. Yeah, you know, um, I I do I do not know the validity of Labafana from a biblical perspective. <laughs> I mean, theoretically, she's a. She would be, I think, classified as a Bible story versus as a historical Bible feature. I mean, the trick with the Bible is that the Bible is not like a exhaustive history of everything that happened. Like, if we don't hear like what happened on the Wiseman's trip, we hear that they stopped and talked to King Herod, uh, but uh, that's it. And so, you know, they could have very easily stopped at some old woman's house and been like, hey, you want to come with us? And she'd be like, nah, I'm good. Matt, does that mean you're telling me that the pirates who don't do anything from VeggieTales isn't a real thing that happened? I mean, there's a chance that the sailors that are on Jonah's ship are pirates and they might not do much. I'll be really upset. Like, is there, did, did King George not have a rubber ducky? That is the greatest piece of storytelling that VeggieTales has ever done. I watched King George and the rubber ducky on repeat as a kid. Yeah. And, and you know what story that that's, that's uh, emulating, right? Genuinely, I don't. Okay. So what that story is emulating is King David, who this is where the, the they just it's it's so well done. In King George and the Ducky, yeah, we need to set the stage here. In King George and the Ducky, you have Larry the Cucumber, who is King George, and he goes out on his balcony and he sees Junior Asparagus, this little boy, taking a bath with his rubber ducky. And his whole thing is he has all these duckies and he sees that ducky in the bathtub and he's like, "I want that ducky." And you're like, "Oh, this is a great lesson for kids about not being selfish." Yeah. So. The the story is that King David, he goes out on his balcony and he sees a pretty lady Bathsheba bathing and goes, mm, yeah, I want that. And so he he hits that and then was like, oops, um, her husband's going to find out. So similar to what uh, the King George does to Junior Asparagus, where he sends him to the front lines in the Great Pie War. Um, uh, uh David says, hey, you, hey, general, you know what you should do? You should you should send Uriah out 
and then just like you know just pull back and and so he's killed in battle he's like great this is awesome and then the prophet nathan's like yeah no that's not awesome you need to repent that's a, a abbreviated story but yeah yeah it's it's like emulating the david and bathsheba story and it's a wonderful piece of storytelling <laughs> when does when does king david uh sing a love song to a stuffed manatee <laughs> i mean that's another one of those like king david was known for like foolishly dancing around so there's a chance is that real i was gonna say if that's like real to the story we've gotten so off topic i don't know if manatees are native to uh the is israel section i think manatees are north american i think labafana flew them in (laughs) on her broom she was was like little baby jesus would like a manatee Hey, hey, little baby Jesus. Um, yeah, so you know this is all we've. Yeah, sorry, sorry. This is you're 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 unlocking one of my passions here, which is talking about the Bible. I really love dissecting <laughs> and talking about the Bible. In all seriousness, this is not a joke. This is not a no, joke. I know it was just I've never heard like genuinely never heard anyone go. You've unlocked my passion of talking about the Bible. Like oh, I've, oh. I know other people who are very interested in religion and like major in it. Um, but I've never heard any of them like say that sentence. Like they'll be like, oh, I'm really interested in, in dissecting like the concept of religion or the concept of this to hear specifically talking about the Bible. I don't know why it was a silly sentence in my head. No, no, no. That, that's that's it is not a sentence that you usually hear. But so like a Bible I, is I, also I wrote, a silly word. I wrote tons of papers in college where I, you know, poured over details and everything like that of like how because, you know, there's different traditions and different like what was life like back then and other mm-hmm. stuff like that, that you learn. And, th- and that's kind of where the fun comes in is like because I enjoy learning about like what life was like 200 years ago and how mm-hmm. different their lives were from our lives today. And mm-hmm. so you wind that back thousands of years and you're in a different culture because Spoiler alert, Jesus was not born in America. Um, this is all happening in tell Israel. That to, tell that to the Mormons. Um, <laughs> oof. Um, so uh, <laughs> I'm just going to move past that. Um, and so there is this whole different culture and and cultural ecosystem that is really, really interesting to get into. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that's that's what I enjoy. I enjoy studying and learning more about that. So it's a really tangent. La Bafana. La Bafana. But yeah, that, that's kind of, I mean, that's the story of La Bafana. I love the story of La Bafana. I like it more than, I, I don't like them. I don't like the idea of Krampus because it's too Halloween-y. Yeah. Like ta- I mean, Halloween. We're genuinely talking about two, like La Bafana is a literal witch, but she's a good witch and she's the Christmas witch. Um yeah. I just don't like the idea, like, to me, Krampus takes away from the concept of what the holiday season is about, which is n- about not being afraid. Like, isn't that the whole point of Jesus? Yeah. Um, my, like, I mean, I think, well, here's the other thing. That, is, that like, is the whole point of Jesus, is not fearing death. <laughs> the holiday season, if when you take Jesus out of the equation, because there are holiday celebrations that don't revolve around Jesus. Yeah. Um, is about... I think what also like traditional Christmas boils down to about goodwill to men, all all people and being kind Not the and giving. That Krampus stands for correct. Krampus to me feels really out of place, and it feels like a great way, which is what the German fairy tale system does to scare your children into submit into submission and to doing what you want them to do. Um, and my mom did that in a not scary way by telling me, 
Santa sent the elves. Did you see that one moving in that bush? Like <laughs> all year long, there were elves watching me and she would catch them. And my uncle, oh my God, I remember this vividly. My uncle used to, when we would go to like Christmas Eve dinner as a family and we would all go to someone's house, he had a set of sleigh bells that he okay. would go into another room, ring, go, oh my gosh, I see him, I see him, and make us run. And then he'd leave us to stare out the window, go to the other side of the house, ring the bells and say it again. And he would hide the bells. We could never see them. And he had us running back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, <laughs> trying to catch a glimpse on on December 24th. Um, oh, my goodness. Excuse me. Um, great podcasting materials, me yawning. Yeah, I, I, I think, <laughs> but I'll, I'll, be, I'll be completely honest to all of you. We're, it's been a long week so far. So I think we should end the tour here before we fall asleep. I'll take it. Okay. So that, Chris, that's all. Of it. How do they how do they do that? If you want to get a hold of us, you can write a letter to the North Pole um, and have Santa deliver it to us. Or you can reach out to us on our email, which is discontinuedondisplay at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at discontinuedpod or on Instagram at discontinuedondisplay. And of course, you can always check us out at sorcerersnetwork.com. Sorcerer. Sorcererenetwork.com. It's just a single sorcerer. And, and it's Matt. Um, sorcererenetwork.com. <laughs> Uh, where Matt writes articles, you can see a full catalog of Discontinued on Display, a full catalog of Beers and Ears. You can see some other cool stuff and posts. And don't forget also, I, I haven't plugged this in a while, uh, to check Matt out on Twitch, where he streams gaming and all these other cool things. You can hang out a little bit more with Matt. And who doesn't like hanging out? I miss hanging out with Matt. Yeah, we hung out at work a lot. so All the time. We, just, we would hide and play on the Nintendo Switch I bought, quote unquote, for the seniors. <laughs> um, Oh, um, I just remembered something. I was listening to our Thanksgiving episode that just dropped. Yeah. You never circled back about your wife's discovery of you saying mayonnaise. Oh, um, no, I, I'm, uh, uh, she, she, she says it the way that you say it. I know, but did she ever yell at you for saying it differently? Oh, no, she didn't. Oh, she's she a good wife. She forgot about it by the time we were done. <laughs> Because you said you would circle back, and I wanted to circle back and be like, "Wait a minute, what happened with that?" No, I, I, I'm definitely saying it wrong, but well, you know, well, there's no wrong way to say something. Tomato, tomato. My favorite thing ever was I once I love the phrase tomato, tomato, and I once texted it to someone. It doesn't translate in a text no, message. Is all you say is tomato, tomato. Um, <laughs> after and uh, so after all that weird side tangent. Also, don't forget to please rate and review us. Say it, Matt. On Apple Podcast, five stars, five stars. There it is. Um, and to hit that subscribe button or follow button so you can be notified when our next episodes drop. We have how many more episodes left? Five, Three? Four? Five? Four or five in this season. Perfect. We got some stuff. And then we'll take a holiday break. Happy holidays. Um, but until next time, um, I guess we will we will see y'all later. Bye everyone. Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast.